What exactly is theatre of the mind? And why are these eight critical components uh, critical in order to be able to run theatre of the mind? I don't know why I have to say it that way, but I just do. It's theatre of the mind. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of How to Be a Great GM, which means you, yes, you are a great GM because you watch these videos. And these videos are designed by myself, uh, Guy, on how to do all of this kind of stuff in a better, simpler, faster, more enjoyable way. And hopefully that's what you have been finding. Now we're talking theatre of the mind, but before we do that, a few things. Number one, well, we've certainly noticed you noticing because you made comments about the new Editor Goblin. Yes, we have an Editor Goblin. They've joined the team. They put all these videos together. They make them so much better, so much funnier, so much faster, so much pacier. They really are doing a wonderful job. And I would ask you to show your love to our new Editor Goblin by hitting that like button or the subscribe button. But leave a comment down below saying we love you Web Goblin. Web Goblin. Well, we love the Web Goblin too, I must admit. I can't leave them all out. And the Marketing Goblin. But the, the Editor Goblin's the new Goblin on the team. It's a new shiny. And uh, we really do love the new you editor goblin. What is theatre of the mind? Theatre of the mind is the idea of role playing at its cheapest. Literally all you need are some dice, your character sheets, and that's it. And if your role playing system doesn't even use dice, then you just need character sheets. Super simple, super cheap. There's no maps, there's no minis, it's all in the mind. Hence the term theatre of the mind. You sit around a table and you describe stuff to each other and then you play. And that's how you do it. You just describe things to each other. There's no measurements, there's no, oh, am I five foot away, am I this, am I that? That might come into it, but it's not cast in stone. And here is number one on that critical list of eight things. There is a contract that is made between you and your players. All of the people sitting around the table have to agree that theatre of the mind... I'll stop that, I promise, one day, maybe. Never. Theatre of the mind is something that you have to all agree on is not specific. It is not to the inch. It is not to the foot. It is not to the meter. It is general. It's much more cinematic than if you were to actually have grid maps or hex maps or whatever you might want to use. Theatre of the Mind, first and foremost, is about having fun. It's about a fast-paced kind of game because you're not sitting there going, well, if I move five feet to the left, then I can do to get line of sight. That sort of stuff is all out the window. And that means that everybody sitting at that table has to agree that that is the way that it's going to work, which means there is leniency from both sides, from the players and from the GM as to all aspects which might require specificity. Specificity? So Theatre of the Mind starts with that. Number two, I call this the Hollywood principle. A principle that you have to apply to Theatre of the Mind. And what that principle means is the character is always where they need to be. So when the sword is sliding off of the collapsing bridge, the character is not six hex squares away from where they need to be. The character is close enough that they can leap and dash and get it in the nick of time. There are some fudgeable spaces here. If the character has very clearly stated that they are on the other side of the bridge, a million miles away, then obviously they're not going to be close enough to grab the sword. But if they're in the general area within sort of a couple fudgeable feet or so, then they're always in the right place at the right time. 
it's as simple as that. Remember that contract? We have to kind of have a little bit of leeway. But also, it makes the game so much more dramatic, and it makes the heroes so much more heroic that they can just... Oh, I can just reach it. Just reach it. That's what we want in our games. This principle is also applicable to any positioning that might be going on within the game. Monsters are always kind of within reach. The range of weaponry, I kind of have a, it's out of range, it's long range, it's medium range, it's close range, it's point blank, and that's where you are in. Your players, if they are used to trying to position themselves further away from monsters and things, you need to tell them before you start theater of the mind, before you start that, you need to tell them, hey folks, this is how combat's gonna work. So unless you specifically tell me at the beginning of combat that you are going to purposefully try to maintain a distance away from any enemy, and that if an enemy approaches, you will try to, again, open up that distance, I assume after round one or two of combat, everybody will be in close range or in combat range. There won't be any long range or any medium range. This is part of that original contract. The monsters themselves need to be able to move freely. Obviously, if there's mire or if there's some sort of difficult terrain that they have to move through, you need to take that into account. And this is where you, as the GM, you have to adjudicate and go, well, the monsters are charging across a wide open field. I'm gonna give my player characters a round or two to use long range attacks. Then I'm gonna give them a round or two to use medium range attacks. And then we close into close combat and to melee and that's it. As opposed to a grid where the characters could literally work out how long it's gonna take them to arrive. Grids can become problematic over large distances and if you've ever used them, you will realize that someone running from a mile away is visible and is at very long range for certain weapons. Uh, suddenly combat becomes very boring as you wait for them to uh, run towards you over six rounds. Anyway, so the idea is characters and monsters are always in the right place at the right time for each other because it's not fair if the players can reach and attack monsters that are next to them or next to their friends if the monsters don't have the same right. So there we go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Number three is it is description for mood and tone, not for accuracy. So when you're describing a room, you walk into this magnificent mansion-like space. It is literally a gigantic central cathedral with columns stretching hundreds of feet up into the air and the walls so far apart that they are almost lost in the haze of the smoke from the torches that gutter a hundred feet above your head. It is for description only. It is not for accurate measurement. It allows the mage to say, oh, I can fly up in there, can't I? And then I can see what's going on. Yes, absolutely, beautiful, wonderful. You can fly up there and you can see through the haze, which I've already described, but you can see through the haze and you can see everything and it's just peachy. You can see the monsters preparing an ambush behind the columns. Great stuff, well done, off you go you have managed to surprise the monsters rather than them surprising you. The whole idea is abandoning anything that requires you to draw down measurements and things. And if you suspect for just a single second that your players are seeing the same thing that you are describing, 
You are very much mistaken. And you will learn this lesson, young person. Yes, you will. Unless you're an old person, in which case you will also learn this lesson. Because this is what happens. What is in your head, what comes out of your mouth, what goes into the ears of your players, and what goes into their head are very, very different things. So what this means is, is that once you have described stuff, you sometimes need to ask the players if they get it, if they understand it. Because I guarantee you, they'll go, yeah, yeah. And then halfway through, they go, hang on a moment, I don't understand. When you said that there was a ledge overlooking the battlefield and that we're on the ledge, does that mean we're on the same level as the battlefield? It's not a facepalm moment. It is not. Avoid that. It is a moment for you to say, oh, no, 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 no. The ledge is a 150 foot sheer drop down onto the battlefield. You're going to have to figure out how to get down there if you want to engage. Do not make the mistake of assuming that because you have described it and it is clear in your head, it is clear in their head. Give them plenty of room to interpret. Now, another thing that's really, really, really important is how do you, as the game master, describe something if you don't have an image or a map or a reference? How, where does this image come from in your head? Well, here's an old trick that I like to do. I love to go on holiday and explore ancient ruins and that sort of thing. I love to watch TV shows and things, and I love to pour over maps and things. That's it's just my personal hobby. But I also, apart from having 30 years in which to have done all of this sort of stuff and to have cognizantly taken into account, I'm making up all these words in this episode today. One of the key things is that I will have go-to spaces. I will have go-to shapes. So the grand hall of the central castle will always be more rectangular, will always have a throne at the far end, will have columns that march down on either side, and may or may not have one or two brass-bound, heavy-set single doors on the left and on the right, and the entranceway is usually directly opposite an upper set of stairs. Something along those lines. I have predefined ideas in my head, which I fall back on. I am drawing on things that I have done before and that I have used before. Now, a grand hall that is 100 feet wide and 300 feet long, that's a huge space with all of these columns. I can dress that up as a forest that has uh, hills on the left and a cliff on the right that gives you about a hundred foot wide. It's filled with these trees that tower up into the sky, branches stretching out towards heaven as if all in prayer and supplication to the great goddess of nature. You can just dress up all of these different locations as you need to. Now, obviously, there are times when you're just going to have to make up these kinds of things where you can let your imagination run wild, use your freeform association or your research. Again, go and look at the videos on, on, on imagination. All of that kind of stuff, you can make it up as you go along. The players might still get confused, and there might be instances where you just simply go, well, folks, you are there. I will never forget one of my first role-playing sessions when I was a bright and chipper young 12-year-old was the DM did not draw maps for us. If we wanted a map, we would have to draw it ourselves. And the DM would never, ever tell us if the map was accurate or not. He would say, well, uh, you can see the corridor extends about 15 feet and then turns to the left. And so you'd kind of draw your 15 feet and then you do exactly as you would in real life. So there are opportunities for you as the GM to use these spaces to add tension, to add confusion potentially. If you're building a maze or if you're doing these kinds of things, 
theater of the mind gives you a whole bunch of opportunities to have the players interact with something that is literally in the head. Basically, what I'm saying is this entire idea of theater of the mind. I'm sure you're irritated by that by now. I know I am. But I just can't help myself because I just love saying it that way. It's just crazy. I'm in a good mood. Don't blame me. Blame you because you're here and you watch my videos and that always gives me a good mood, right? If I don't make videos, you don't watch them. There's a, there's a symbiotic relationship that goes on there, right? Role playing is all about that kind of symbi symbiosis. It is all about this cooperative idea of I am adding stuff, you are adding stuff we are adding stuff and we're putting it together and that is the essence of role-playing to begin with but in theater of the mind it is all about cooperative play and what this means is it takes it to the next level so if the players are standing on that ledge 150 feet above the battlefield you can say okay so you're on this ledge you're looking down over and you can see the battle raging on if the players go um I look around, are there any dead trees protruding from the side of the cliff that I could tie some rope around to climb down? Yes, 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 there is, yes, 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 there is a tree for you and you and you. Actually, no, there's only one tree. You should get excited because the players are now creating the space in their head. They're creating ideas and solutions to a situation that you have conjured up and they're making it better because, of course, the tree that they tie the rope around will hold their weight as they get down the cliff towards the bottom of the cliff. And as they get to the bottom of the cliff, what's going to happen? The tree's going to burst out of the roots and then the roots are going to let go of the whole wall side and the tree's going to come tumbling down the players are going to have to roll and get out of the way of the tree before the tree crashes into the ground and they all die! <laughs> I get really excited, really, really excited when my players want to interact and theatre of the mind is the best place to do it because they have to be making up stuff, they have to be visualising stuff in their heads in order to do this. It's just brilliant. It's wonderful. It's done. I hope you get the point. Moving on. The whole thing is a much faster pace. It's much, much faster. There's none of this plotting and planning and kind of going, well, if I go there, uh, then I can do that. And I get this line of sight and I get this and I da 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 da, -da. You just flying through it. Bum, 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 bum. One scene after the next. And your whole thing moves and flows. And because the players are having to create this stuff in their heads, they are experiencing it a lot more than just passively looking at a map or at a model or at a whatever. So be prepared for your content to move quickly. Now, if you have a battle map, a battle map can take an hour for a group of four or five people to explore. And it doesn't have to be that big because they can see things on the map that they can't see in their minds, especially. And this is something that's very important is that you need to train your players. If you have never done theater of the mind, if you have never done that before, if you have been using minis and maps and that sort of thing, you need to train your players into how to interact with a space that they can't see or physically touch. They have to explore it mentally. They have to go, okay, well, talk to me about, are there alcoves? Are there little side niches? Are there columns? Are there this? Are there that? And it's up to you to add those in. And oftentimes I will find that the players are going to be prompting stuff. Again, give it to them when necessary, but you also don't have to... Uh, uh, you don't have to do it every single time. You can just do it as and when it suits the 
tension, the pacing, and the drama of the scene. That's your call. You are responsible for that. So bear that in mind. But also be prepared. Your adventure is going to move. It is going to fly. Be prepared for that. Okay, I forgot what number we're on now. It's five or five and a half or five point three fifths. I, I don't know what it is. We're using the Harry Potter ma mathematical scheme, by the way. Number five is you need to constantly ask your players if they understand what's what's the situation, where they are, those kinds of things. Now, you don't do it every single turn. Hey, Bob, do you still know what's going on? You're still on a cliff on the, looking down over a battle. Do you get that? Uh, yes, okay, good. Right, and do you get it, Shelley? Yes, you do. Okay, good. All right, you don't have to do that every turn, but every now and again, as the characters are moving through, ask them to perhaps describe the space they're in. How does being in this space make you feel? Do you feel like the space is huge? Do you feel like it's small? Do you feel like you're lost? Asking the players these questions or asking their characters these questions, however you want to do it, asking them allows them to tell you, well, actually, I can't figure out where the... Did we come in through the back entrance and now we're on this cliff face? Can we go back? Are there stairs leading down that we may have missed? Those are prompts which should get you excited. I'm not going to get excited, I promise. That should get you excited, that should get you engaged because you can go, well, there was that one door that you didn't go through. You want to go through the door? Great, great. Okay, through the door is an encounter, or there's something fun, or there's a riddle, or there's a trap, and then lo and behold, there are stairs. This is the joy. Being able to ask players, do you know what's going on? Do you understand what's going on? Do you care? Do you like it? Etc, etc. Et and if they are giving you stuff, you can just add it in. There's no map. There's no reference. No one knows what was supposed to be behind that door. If the players are lost, if the players are lost, their characters are never going to get lost, right? Their characters have got all sorts of skills and abilities and things that allow them to find them. The players in theater of the mind, I swear it's the last time I'm going to do it. Um, players are confused. You can add in things that help. You walk past a mural which says you are here. And you can see several passageways. Keep it vague. Remember, it's for mood and tone, not for accuracy. You can see several passageways that seem to lead to the east. And one of them has this design that looks like a series of stripes getting smaller and smaller. Could be a staircase. It could also be a slicing room where there's just lots of little blades that slice you up into little pieces. The players are not going to know that until they get there. You're not going to decide that until you realize that the players are kind of going, okay, can we get out of this place? I am so over this place. If you hear that, guess what? The very next door they open is an access door that leads to a set of stairs that leads to the bottom of the cliff. Pacing is so important and theater of the mind, oh, I did it, is all about controlling the pacing because there's nothing to slow you down except for you. Final number eight. If you are ambiguous or ambivalent, and hopefully you are not ambivalent, hopefully you're not intentionally trying to, to mislead or to, to, and I think I got those confused, actually. Um, either way, if you are intentionally trying to confuse your players, what the fuck are you doing? Please just go home, go away, leave us all alone. We're not here to get confused. It's not hard to prove that your brain is better than anyone else's brain. That we don't need, so go away. But if, you are, if you've described something and your players go, <clears throat> wait, you describe the cliff as being 150 feet above the 
battlefield. Um, so we can fire arrows down into the battlefield without with impunity. They they're going to struggle to hit us. Um, but um, you said there was a tree growing out the sideways. So is the whole ground? Have we reached a weird gravitational? sort of thing if you have confused the players or if they have got confused or if you have said something and they go wait I, was i close to the dragon because you said i could smell its breath so i assume i'm near its head and apart from hollywood rules it is also a case of if there was confusion if something was unclear because of your description not because the player was Oh, yeah, I run forward. If the confusion is on your side or on the side of the player. However, if the player is purposefully being obtuse or if they are trying to prevent you from explaining to them what's going on because they keep interrupting you and you're like, I need to describe this location and you are interrupting me. Da, 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 da. Then you need to make sure that you keep that in the bud too, because players might start to take advantage. You're going, oh, I thought that when you said I was a hundred feet away, that I was a hundred feet away, but close enough to hit the orc. Huh? Cooperative and that contract at the beginning of this video. You need to remind them, hey guys, we're all playing theater of the mind, and so we need to work together. We need to cooperate. We, you know that you are 100 feet away. So next round you can get there, even though you can't move that far. But next round you can get there, because then you'll be close enough, because it's kind of moved, because the battle's dynamic, and everyone's kind of rumbling. All right, that's it. I'm done, okay? Now, something that we're doing, check out this thing. I think it's cool. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it and showing it to you. If you like it, go ahead, you know, follow the links, do the thing. If you don't like it, well, that's absolutely fine as well. Um, whatever the choice, however, let us know in the comments down below what you think about that idea. And also, let us know what you would like me to cover in future videos. Cooperative, folks. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we want to talk about. Tell me. Comments down below. And until next time, huge thank you to you and 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 you. Everybody. Everybody who's watching, and of course to our amazing patrons who support this channel through thick and thin. Every now and again I have the joy of meeting one of the patrons for a lunch or a walk around Windsor Castle. That was awesome. We, we, I mean, if you're a patron, get hold of me. You never know, we might be able to hang out. Until next time, I wish you and yours the happiest of theater of the mind. Gaming.